Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. I'm Blake. We're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community. Not if I'm on this one. Uh-oh. You know I don't edit anything out. Be careful with Oh, you don't edit anything? At all? Ever? I don't know. I do. Okay, good. I, I was going to say, you're going to have to cut off all that stuff I said about Diaz earlier. You're going to have to take it all out. Uh-oh. It's not gonna. He won't be my friend anymore. Don't worry, Diaz doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he would if he's not on it. Dude, do you ever listen to your episodes? Uh, or, can, can, like, can you? Or is it like a weird experience for you? It's a weird experience. It never has really gotten. It's gotten a little bit better just because. Okay, I'm like between chasing tone and between tone mob. I'm like. 500 plus episodes in plus doing you know other various pieces of content here Mm -hmm. and there so it's gotten better it's gotten bearable but it's still a strange experience and it uh i don't like it i I don't it's i it's not that i can't uh, it's not that i can't understand why people listen to it it's just i don't want to hear myself i hear myself all day (laughs) i was on a phone call with uh, devon whitaker the other day for five hours I saw you post that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's probably one of the longest phone calls I've ever had, but I've had many days where I've had multiple two, three hour phone calls. I'm just talking constantly. And in my spare time, I don't want to hear this guy talk. I I hear it enough. (laughs) I still have that weird thing. Like even I, when we're recording, I do a, I do a, I do a talk back. So I hear myself on mic. So I know Mm -hmm. to like stay here and you know, not go over here, you know, do that kind of stuff because right. SM7s are super sensitive. Um, and also I got rid of my <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> like you can always tell if someone doesn't listen to themselves if they keep doing that kind of stuff. But like, it's kind of weird how much still like I don't recognize my own voice. Yeah, it it really changes. You don't realize how you sound to other people until yeah. you listen back and you're like, I thought I sounded deeper and more manly than that. What's, what's, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> it's, and it's all that resonance in your own skull. You're literally hearing your bones vibrating. Yeah. As, and no one else hears that. Well, it's a great, one, one of the fun mechanisms of it is you can hear yourself when you're wearing earplugs. Mm-hmm. That's but, true. Uh, no one else can. No one else knows. <laughs> <laughs> so what's new with you, man? Oh, man. I don't know. I've uh, just feel like I'm just doing the same old thing. Well, I I did. I I started working on a project over Memorial Weekend, kind of randomly, that I'm pretty excited about. It started as a song, and then it morphed into. Okay, I'm gonna do an album, and then it morphed into. Okay, I'm gonna do the album and the book and a book, and so I'm working on a sort of. It's sort of a. It's sort of a spoken word project, but it's also got a lot of music involved too basically i've been listening to too much tom waits and i was like i want to try some of that so nice (laughs) uh i started writing some stuff i haven't wrote like purely just wrote in a long time um i've done some like scripting for comic books and some other things but i haven't just wrote with the express purpose of having it be a written word piece in a long time and so i just started kind of going and i'm like really excited and really feeling it so i'm excited to uh get this done i think if i can keep up this pace i I should be done with that portion of it within a month or so and able to flesh out the the music portion of it relatively quickly too so that'll be fun 
Nice. Have you finally kind of figured out like a way to like synthesize your, or not synthesize, but like find your creative time? Um, I sort of have to be, I've, I, it's kind of a combination of things. I have to be deliberate about it when it comes. So if I, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I get an idea that I'm really excited about, I have to, I have to figure out a way to get to it as quickly as possible. Nice. And once I start hammering away at it, then, then it just, then it's just like all, all bets are off. Like I could be working on this for the next three, four hours potentially. Hmm. Um, so I kind of have to basically take it as it comes. Uh, and if I don't do that, oftentimes the ideas completely fizzle out or lose the spark and it just goes away completely. So I kind of have to like, Oh no, the muse is here. Uh, let's qu quick, let's get out to there, get, get a guitar, get, get a keyboard, get whatever it is that you're trying to do at the very, very least. I have to hum it into the old, uh, voice memo thing. So I, that that's like the bare minimum. So if I'm out somewhere mm -hmm. and I get an idea and you see me wandering around like <laughs> in my phone, that's me. Cause I had an, an idea that may suck, but I have to get it down. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've heard of, um, so I have like no like regularity to when my creative energy comes and mm -hmm. i mean during the pandemic to be honest with you my creative energy has just been gone like it's it's been well just get through the day get what you need to do done so i've been starting to try to think about like i i miss i miss guitar creativity i miss all that and, and part of that was just simply like buying pedals constantly mm -hmm. and like sort of my gear obsession was kind of feeding the creativity thing and to be yeah. honest with you, I haven't bought a pedal in a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I bought the the Quad Cortex, which was fun, but it's almost too much, and it doesn't really bring creativity out of me. And then I, I have like my board yeah. just like locked down, so like I have the sounds I like ready to go, but I'm not swapping stuff in and going, "Oh, that's weird." You know, I'm not. I'm just not doing that. So, I maybe the answer is I need to buy some guitar pedals, but. <laughs> uh, I'm trying not to because simply it's just like I, I just kind of got to that point where I was just like I just have too much and I don't know um, yeah I got to that point too yeah <laughs> I have way too much but I mean this isn't going to be helpful for you being responsible at all Yeah, but that that is a huge driver for me is yeah. the variety that I have on hand because I have an idiotic amount of effects pedals well and your whole will... I don't have a pedal board thing that's huge like that's that i didn't realize it at the time but that has become how like sort of foundational in how i create so I'm like hmm let's see what this hologram pedal is doing if i put it you know with this reverb in front of it and see what it does and mm -hmm. that sometimes it's awful and sometimes it's wonderful but that is like the entirety of the american cyclops record was me putting together weird pedal combinations and being like huh well i can make something with that that that's become just part of who i am as a musician and it's it's weird but i'm i wouldn't have it any other way at this point see i'm, I'm becoming so synthesized with it where i'm like well if i get it i have to lock it in forever and be able to recall it because like that's you know where i got with stuff with like all the midi all the presets all those kind of things made life really consistent and my i just plug in and everything works all the time but on the flip side it's just like there's never anything new yeah, I mean, yeah. To be fair, like I, I, if I had to go back and recreate some of that stuff, it would take me a little bit to remember exactly how it was 
set up and exactly how I had it dialed in. But I think as long as I have that reference point, that recording, I'll be able mm-hmm. to do it. So I'm not too concerned about it. You know, I'm not, not too worried about that. Or at least close enough that it's like, yeah, that's basically what it sounded like. Yeah. Interesting. It's a, I don't know. I think getting, just finding it, I don't care what your process is. It doesn't matter what it is. There's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. But I think it's important to get into a process and be willing to just submit to it. That's the big thing that I've, I struggled with for years was being able to submit to just do it. And I, I was always trying to be so intentional with it. I'm like, I want to make a country song or I want to make a whatever kind of song. And I'd sit down with the intention that I'm going to make a country song. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't sound very good because I was trying to force something that wasn't naturally going to come out. And then when my wife just said, like, maybe this is what you do. I was like, maybe it is what I do. And I just and now I'm just like, whatever comes out is is what comes out. And that's been so it's brought like that spark and that that joy back to it in a way that I'd kind of lost without realizing I'd lost it. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of it too, is just like the concept of like failing and like, you just got to screw up over and over and over and over again. And so sometimes we think of like that muse just hit us and something magic happened when the reality is we just were doing stuff that we've been doing over and over and over again, that moment, it just worked. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So uh, I know a lot of people try to do the, well, let's, let's make it a habit. So you you have your daily habit kind of thing. So so like you see people who are like, I'm going to just write for 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. good. It doesn't have to be something I even keep, or it can be something I toss. But I just every day, same time, same place, getting into that habit of I'm going to just work this part of my part of whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have that with like even like with work stuff. I now have like segments of my week where I'm like, so I do cold calling like sometimes or like reach outs, trying to set up meetings, trying to meet new clients, that kind of stuff. Like that's part of my job. If I don't do it, it never comes naturally. Right. Right. And so it's one of those things like I will sit and avoid it. I just won't get to it. I won't do anything. So now I'm like, I flag parts of my calendar where I'm like, this is the time to go do it. Just do two, just do three and see what happens. And usually, you know, you'll have one or two failures and you'll have one, decent call or you'll have you'll you'll keep calling the same person trying to connect or all that kind of stuff so part of it is just like the discipline of doing it regardless of whether you feel like it or not yeah yeah and and for me and i i think this works for more people than maybe we would like to admit but the the whole deadline thing was crucial Mm. like i'm i can procrastinate like i'm great at it superpower of mine is procrastination but i also can't i also basically am allergic to letting people down if i've said i'm like (laughs) if i've said i'm gonna be there i'm going to be there unless Mm -hmm. you know something completely out of my control happens so that like social kind of pressure yeah 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 so by like stating to you know like my text chat people that i was like hey i'm gonna have this done by this date Mm -hmm. i was done way ahead of schedule because i was like i gotta get done and so it took a little while to get it like mastered and stuff but the music was done well in advance of that date and that felt really good because uh i'd never really done that before uh i I sort of did it when we recorded the anchor ashore record but that Mm -hmm. wasn't just me that was a big group 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 effort so having it all on me and just like being like i have to get this done at this time 
was a big driver in the creative department, which I didn't think it would be. It was, mm. I thought that might be stifling, but it actually like just was like go time, you know? Yeah. Well, so I, I tried to do that. Uh, I had, um, so I started going to this new church, I don't know, a couple months ago, really great music program. Um, and that, you know, that's where most of where I've played guitar has been an environment like that. I know the guitar players there. I know the music directors, you know, I like did the social networking side of things there. And one of my buddies is like, so Scott, when are you finally going to put your tryout in? When are you going to finally, you know, do the audition? All that kind of stuff. I'm just like, yeah, I just don't feel it. I just don't feel it. So I actually made a bet with him where, or I was like, all right, give me another month just to kind of figure out what I'm doing. If I don't get that, you get to steal one of my guitars for a while. Woo. Um, it's June 1st. So I think, it, I, I think I'm getting a guitar stolen from me when he figures this out. <laughs> um, I think he's eyeing my Revolta, so I'm I'm not opposed to it because I want it, I want him to buy it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this wasn't a very big motivator. Then you didn't have real skin in the yeah, game. Yeah, see, there's that because uh, I need I kind of I've been planning on selling that guitar anyway. When um, actually I haven't talked about this on the show. Um, I'm having an Equits built right now. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Um, so if Kevin's posting an Ashford being hand carved on social media that's mine yeah oh very nice yeah very nice that's gonna be awesome you're gonna be so stoked well dude i've been shoot i've been on that list for like four years now oh really yeah my so my number came up um i don't know two years ago and went hey buddy uh can we put a delay on that because i'm about to buy an engagement ring uh Mm -hmm. so right and so now i have i still have that engagement ring uh don't have a fiance but <laughs> you gotta trade that trade that thing in yeah i gotta for, i gotta, I, for guess, an equip. I dude you know the way stuff happened pandemic i just haven't really felt like going to a jewelry store and getting some money back but no i get it i get it probably just talk to kevin you send, send it right to kevin he'll do it for you that'll, that'll take care of it <laughs> i think he'll get a better deal <laughs> for how much i spent on that dang <laughs> ring uh, but yeah so like i i waited and so my name finally came up and also timing's perfect because we're all heading to nashville in like july so hopefully it'll be like neck shaping time and we'll be able to kind of chat and get some of those hands on the guitar kind of time so should be nice. cool very yeah, nice i have not i have not talked about that out loud to folks i'm kind of keeping that one a secret because I kind of figured it would be like your Oceana for him because mm-hmm. it's going to be Pelham blue. So like people Ooh. are just going to fall in love with this thing. Yeah, baby. And, uh, I kind of wanted, like, didn't want people like hitting me up on Instagram trying to buy it or stuff like that. Cause I don't know. Anyway. I don't know what if it's anything like my Oceana, what'll happen is it'll get, it'll get screenshotted mm-hmm. and it'll get shared on like a hundred different best guitars daily accounts is yeah. what'll happen. Um, or sometimes it'll be their biopic. Uh, yeah, that one's an eye catcher. People love love the blue, and that Ashford is going to look so good in Pelham blue. Yeah, and we're doing mm. a we're doing a Duesenberg trim on it too, yeah. instead of a Bixby. Yes, that's the way. The, whatever, I, whatever their name is, Goldo the or whatever their name is. So it's not a real Duesenberg. It's not Duesenberg branded, but it's oh okay. The, it's the people who make the Duesenberg trim. Oh, I didn't know that there was a okay. I didn't. I thought that that's maybe one thing they actually made. <laughs> so no um so like you know how like revoltas have them yes yeah as i'm pointing off screen to <laughs> <laughs> for all the listeners for all the he's listeners. pointing at a revolta that's hanging on the wall behind me yeah um it's the the big boy of that so i got the wrap around 
That's going to be awesome. I love how those feel. Those feel so nice. Well, because you That's can adjust them too. With those two set screws, you can move the bar up and back. So you can actually, you can have a short bar if you want it, or you can have a long one. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's going to be sweet, man. And yeah, I think, I mean, that Revolt is really cool, but by comparison, I mean, you know. Well, and there I'm is, running, there isn't one, basically. I'm running out of space. So it's, it's definitely guitar in, guitar out territory for me these days. So. Ew, that sounds terrible. Well, That's terrible. Some of us live in the city of Chicago and can't just build a shed in their backyard. You just build like... a shed on your roof of your building. It, it'll be okay. I'm sure the other four floors above me would just be totally okay with me building be a fine shed. With them. Them. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it's not their. You know, it's not their building anymore than it's yours. You know, <laughs> just build it. <laughs> just build it up there. It'll yeah. be okay. You mean the city of Chicago won't let you just like hang a balcony out this out your window where you could like build a shed randomly? No, nope, nope, not so chill. I don't know if you heard about this, but a few years ago, uh, a bunch of balconies started collapsing in Chicago. No, I did they not changed hear about the structural that. code. <laughs> well, that'll do it. If anything's gonna yeah. do it, that'll do it. Well, so like in Chicago, we hit in at least like this side of the city. Um, there's a lot of brick buildings that then got like these kind of like wood scaffolding kind of design balconies put on them okay so a lot of people have a back stairwell at their building okay um on top of um the main stairwell or the front door and then there's balconies on on all those on that stairwell so um it's a really common thing here and then i'll just there were like a summer where like three or four of them collapsed within like a month or two of them bear in mind these are people who are having like 30 people on their balcony for their one bedroom apartment kind of things right. but <laughs> yeah uh so it's it's a it's there's there's a little bit different of a code these days in Chicago. yeah i imagine so yeah the the shred shed uh was very much just i'm like well i got this space and we're gonna build it and so i built it <laughs> well yeah well we're actually doing the show out of order a bit aren't we because I forgot to say that this episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. Oh, you did. You forgot. Blake, good you, thing you said it. Do you know anything about Stringjoy, Blake? I know. I know a little bit about them. <laughs> I didn't just get off the phone with Scott before we uh, <laughs> before we started recording this or anything. Uh, yeah, I know a little bit about them. Yeah, sure. You know a little bit about what's in the works. I do know a little bit about what's in the works, and there's some good stuff in the works. The problem is, um. They're trying to keep up with production while also expanding the product line. Um, and that's hard when everyone's... All of a sudden, there was like a run on bass strings. And everyone and their dog needed bass strings. And we couldn't keep those things in stock. Like early May. Like we couldn't keep huh. bass strings in stock. It was ridiculous. I don't know what happened. I have did, no idea Did all why. the bass players finally sync up that they're once a year string replacement? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been it. It was like... And then just email and message and email and message. Where's your bass strings? Where are the bass strings? I'm like, why does everybody need bass strings all this? I mean, it's good problems to have, obviously, but it's still a problem we had to we had to work through. So, yeah, bass strings were a hot commodity in May for some reason. Hmm. I don't know what the deal is. But, yeah, we got some more stuff coming. I'm excited about it, but I don't have any idea when it's going to be available. So I, that's pretty much all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> well then maybe people should go to stringjoy.com and sign up for the newsletter to find out there when those go. things do happen that's right because you had a you had a few special re like trial runs that came out through that like uh there was the coded string mm -hmm. trial yeah, run there, which there's a coded acoustic acoustic string 
which happened how long ago was that? It's a couple months. Probably, probably yeah, probably three four months ago. I'm coming up on almost a year that I've had it on my dad's acoustic. So that now, granted, that good guitar doesn't get played nearly as much as I play guitar, but it's still I play it every time I go to his house. And I'm like, these are still good. So well, I was gonna say the uncoded string joys for me tend to last like, unless it's like my number one, like my I'm a, ever since I've been at home, I basically only play my PRS because it's like it's the guitar that's there and always in tune. Yeah, well, no, it's not always in tune, but because it's a floating bridge, so it's, okay, okay, it's never quite in tune to be honest with you. But um, like I burn out, I burn straight through strings probably twice as fast on my PRS as I do any other guitar. But a lot of my like regular players, I go like five, six months sometimes on the regular strings. As long as you clean them, they last a long time. So yeah, and a lot of that has to do with now. Granted, everybody's sweat is different, but mm-hmm. like there are definitely people who eat through them really fast and there's just nothing you can do about that other than have a coated string. Um, but like a lot of that goes into like, I mean, I've been there a bunch of times and like the way that you handle the raw materials, it mm-hmm. makes such a huge difference. And if you like look at videos of different, different outfits, you're like, they're just out there. There's out there in the open, in the air, you know? And it's like, this is some of this is, raw carbon steel like it's going to get even if it doesn't look like it it's going to get stuff on it so it's like keeping those clean and keeping them sealed up or in a separate room is super important and i'm always shocked that that people don't really do that it's not common practice doesn't seem to be anyway i don't i don't know what the deal is but i think that is a lot of what why even the standard stuff tends to last for people a little bit longer but this is the longest segment you've ever had on this hasn't it well, it, it helps when the sponsor's on the show. <laughs> and I'll our, stop talking now. Yeah, our longest running sponsor. Our, mm-hmm. You know, all those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. Well, shoot, let's get into some gear news, shall we? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. I did not open the first link. Cool. <laughs> so first up, Btronics comes out with the Vespa, an octave stinger combining digital controls with analog fuzz. Now... Blake, this is this is I have to have you on the show for talking about fuzz. Okay, well, sounds good. That talk works for me. me. Talk to me. What what's? I can't talk about it because I've never played one. But it it uh, I think it looks super cool. The Btronic stuff. I need to get my hands on some of it because it all looks amazing. They they've got some of the coolest aesthetics. I think I and I think that can be polarizing. Some people don't like them as mm-hmm. well, but I do. Um and. Uh, I think this pedal seems pretty cool, although I don't know that it necessarily. I, again, I haven't played one, but I don't know that it necessarily like fills a big gap for me personally. I feel like I can get these sounds, maybe not in one unit like this, but I can, I can find a way to cobble this together. I think. I mean, the, I'm trying to trying to think of a way to describe fuzz sometimes without using generic things, but you get a really nice. Um, uh, these are a lot more focused mm-hmm. in some of the modes. And so when you add the octave on to the focus, the focus fuzz sound that has like a really nice kind of filter sound to it. Right. It, it doesn't sound like Jack white playing. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is, that is a specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that is a classic, like, Oh I, yeah. An octave up on a, on a fuzz. That's 
sort of the sound I think of in my head is like, oh, cool, white stripes, and mm-hmm. I'm moving on. This right. is a little different. Got a lot more of a synthy kind of a vibe from it, at least in some of their their beginning. And that has a lot to do with how they're setting their bias and how they're doing all that kind of stuff. Because that's yeah, that's and however, however they've got their their tone shaping, however the filters work on it, mm-hmm. that'll have a lot to do with the synthy nature of it, oh, yeah. which I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, so they're actually claiming you can actually use power chords on this thing, which I'm shocked by. I mean, most fuzzes you can't. It's 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 one note or you're done. Um, no, come on. This is, I don't know what people are talking about. You can use power chords on fuzz. That's all I do. <laughs> That's all I do. I don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the other thing you can check them out, um, they're not, they're sitting there just a little above the $200 mark. I always pull up uh, the wrong pricing. Yeah, right at $200. So that's the other fun part is, you know, traditionally, Butronics has always been just a little too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. Was it the Royal Jelly was the one I was really thinking about picking up? Yeah. And I just could just, it's just outside of that, like, okay, I can impulse buy it spot. Right. <laughs> so coming in and, and as they're coming in with up with these smaller units and they're kind of bringing their price point down on some of their line. I think you're going to see more people picking these up and, and trying them out. Yeah, I think they've they've been a brand that's done a really great job at branding. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially, like, how, how do you stand out in 20, whenever they came out? I think 2018-ish, 17? Are they maybe? That, that new? Really? They're. I feel like they're pretty new. Maybe, oh. maybe they were, maybe they were 2015. They're not that old of a company. I don't know exactly when they popped up, but it's sometime within the last five, six years. Okay. Because they have and a lot of fun with their branding. Because, like, you ever pop them open, they do honeycomb printing yeah. on, like, their circuit boards. And they do all this. They they they, they get what they are. Yes, they do. And they, they seem like they're really well made. And the packaging is all, like, really well executed, too. Like, the whole experience of Beatronics, I think, is really cool. Uh, and they've done a great job at making some unique products, but also like mm-hmm. differentiating themselves in everything that they do. Even their NAM booth, like they're, Oh, their NAM booths are always great. Yeah. They've really made the most of those smaller spaces. They have like the coolest, what is that? A 10 by 10, uh, spot that they have. I can't remember what this booth size is, but it's a smaller booth and they really make it a, a focal point, which is hard to do when you have that small of a booth. Well, the, the thing they did that was brilliant. The one time I went to winter NAM was, they have a video with multi-channel audio in it mm-hmm. already set up, ready to go. And the pedal is in line. And so as you're listening to their demo, they kind of explain to you tr- how, how you should tweak the pedal as you go. Right. And so you actually get to hear the it in a band context with a competent player, which is <laughs> in a headphone thing. It was like, it was one of those best places where I was like, oh yeah, I can really see where this goes or this works and this works. Which I was just flat out impressed with because, like, I think that was with the swarm. I -hmm. was, uh, they they did that and I was just, I was blown away. Like, the every, I know that's a ton of work to get going, but that, that made that pedal feel so accessible when you're in a sea of like, just here's our pedal for this, here's our for this. Like, I remember, I think I went to jam pedals right before and I was like, ah, there's too many pedals here. I can't try all these things. I like, I'm overwhelmed. And like, right. I can't get out from under that. Whereas I went to that booth and it was like, here's our one pedal. Here's check this out. Check this out in context. Here's how you should try it out. You kind of had your hand held in a really nice way. And also if you wanted to go extreme, you could. Um, 
it was a really cool way to demo a pedal in a space where no one else was really doing it that way. It's hard to do anything at NAMM and walk away with a good sense of what the thing is, even if yeah. it's a straightforward thing. So I think that's almost what's required to get anybody to have a really good sense of what something does. Because otherwise, I mean, you're just putting headphones on. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, I kind of get it. And then you you just move on. So it's hard to – and then, like, you might be excited about it, and you, but you don't walk away with any, like, real impressions or information. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way they did it, you actually do, which is kind of a refreshing yeah, so uh, check them out, Beatronics. The next thing up on the list is Thorpey Effects has come out with their Pulse Doppler Phaser. This adds both a uh, phaser effect in with a vibrato and tremolo um, to get some oscillating psychedelic weirdness. I got nothing. It's another Dan Coggins one, isn't it? I think so, yeah. He's he's affiliated with them now um for those that don't know dan coggins was with love, love tone. tone yep yeah so yeah he did that it was the deep Ogin was the one, first one he did with them the chorus right mm-hmm. uh and then this one i'm really excited about this one the thing about thorpey is like all of the stuff adrian makes is very like oh this is this is a you know big muff variant this is a whatever this is a whatever mm-hmm. with these n- new modulation ones. I like, especially this one. I'm really curious to play it because I'm like, you've d- taken some basic stuff and I, I guarantee you with Dan on board and with Adrian, Adrian's not going to let anything bad go out, but like, mm-hmm. it's going to be tuned to like, just like, mm, it's going to, it's going to work really well. I'm very confident that this is going to be a really fun modulation pedal that, feels really good that's that's the thing about Thorpe. they always feel really good to me i mean you you can really tell a lot about a brand when you when you see who their champions are and mm-hmm. Thorpe is one of those brands where those the tone snobs champion him yes <laughs> been good reason you yeah. know i i think he deserves it it's uh he spends a lot of time with things he's very you know particular about how a circuit comes together and i think that I think that comes out in the final product, even if you don't know that about him. It's just like, wow, this is a great pedal. <laughs> it's just a great pedal. Yeah, and I think, I mean, here's the other fun one is, I think all these, we built in tremolo. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, okay, it's just two pedals slapped together. I can do this with my phaser and my tremolo. There's something interesting that happens when you built, when you have that built-in effect with it. Just mm-hmm. the, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably the worst about this is how many fuzz pedals with a built-in tremolo circuit I've bought over the years. Right. And then just go, well, I have a fuzz pedal and I have a tremolo. Why do I need this? Um, it, but is there something about when it's, when it's tied together and they, they're, they're purpose meant for each other. They just seem to just marry really well and create mm-hmm. this whole different breadth. Cause like I could, I can totally see with a phaser, I'd want an out of phase tremolo with it. So like when you get the dips, you can kind of keep, a stable volume kind of a thing going on or you know all the different types of things you could do in it get really interesting sometimes you really want them together mm-hmm. so yeah and i think that you know these are going to be i i don't know because i don't have one but i would have to imagine that like they're also going to be 
timed correctly, if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. it's like if you put the if you put the phaser knob in one spot and the tremolo knob in another spot, they're probably going to be timed so it where they sound good in those positions together. Whereas if you're slapping two different things together, you might have to play with it a little bit more precisely than that. That's just my assumption. But Yeah, you're gonna have to go into the MIDI world and get everything perfectly synced otherwise. And Yes. Yeah, I'm I don't I don't love phaser that much yet <laughs> <laughs> I, I love phaser you gotta just gotta hit it with enough fuzz and it becomes magical that's all you gotta do you know what i so i had a few phasers i went through a bunch um and i found the walrus lillian really kind of hit that spot i really liked mm-hmm. but then i started getting the itch to have an envelope filter on my board too mm-hmm. and i found the keely bubbletron uh-huh. and that does everything i want Keely Bubbletron's great. Except it doesn't really have presets. That would be the one thing I would love for it to like hop back and forth from. But mm-hmm. then that would just be a crazy pedal. Hey, never say never. You never know what the Rob's cooking up over there. You know, so. at, some, at some point, um, actually, that would be a decent segue if I go out of order for a minute. What is Rob cooking up? He's bringing back the, key, the Katana Clean Boost. Did you see this? I, I think they might have sold out. Yeah, they probably did. I think they did. I think they sold out like really, really fast. But they, yeah, the one with the uh, knob on the side where you can pull for an extra 30 dB because apparently you need an extra 30 dB a boost, I guess. 30 dB a boost is ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how that works. It's got the knob on the side. Yep. And then if you pull it, I think the pulling just all of a sudden you have 30 dB, It's which is I think is how it works. Uh, it's it an extra yeah it's an extra 30 db it's crazy you, you might you might need an extra 30 db in in case you're for people who don't know you know that's uh decibels are exponential so that might not sound like that much but if you're doing it on top of what you've already gotten that's a lot i think the ep booster alone does 20 remember, 20 okay i was gonna say it's 20 or 26 so and that's plenty so the katana's really going for it here. Yeah, the spark booster does twenty as well. Like twenties are really common amount. Mm-hmm. But the thirty is just I think the pedal itself starts breaking up at that point, doesn't it? Don't you get a little um, dirt just from the pedal? You know, I don't know on the spark. On I know I guess I don't know how it's done. I don't know if the katana or excuse me, the katana, that's what I meant to say. I don't know if the the katana is a single stage boost or if it's a double stage boost so if it's a double stage boost i would assume that that second stage would start breaking up that would be my assumption yeah it would have to but i don't know if whatever rob's got cooking in that thing if he's using the right chipset or whatever i have no idea because i don't know what the circuit of the katana is but that's well, the katana is a jfet booster so is it yeah it could be, it could stay clean. It could potentially stay clean the whole time. Uh, dual J, dual fat layout. Dual fat. Okay, then it probably doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it probably starts I, it, crunching up pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you run it at eighteen volts, which I think on this one you can. Yep. Yeah, you'll you'll get a little bit more clean headroom, but even still, my assumption is that. It, I'm, Rob's probably going to call me and be like, no, this is not how it works. But uh, my assumption <laughs> is that it's it's two JFET stages. Yep. And 
once you turn up the knob, like if you crank the knob to the max and then pull it, I think that extra 30 dB is probably just engaging that second stage is my assumption. And if you have the first stage already maxed out, you will probably break up the second stage like crazy. That'd be my guess. Hmm. Which could be fun. Because that's kind of how the Typhon works, the Fuzzarosis Typhon. That's where that concept came from. It was a bunch of boosters all lined up. And I guess I probably should explain what that is for people who don't know. It was a pedal that I did with Fuzzarosis where it was four gain stages. And that came from me lining up all of my clean boosts one night just to see what would happen. And I found that like you could get all kinds of magic to happen just by varying how much you slam one boost into the other. And so... We did that all internally with a bunch of other switcheroos and uh, tone controls and clean blends and stuff. So that's where that concept came from, was how many boosts can we fit in a box? You know who used to do that too? Uh, was Big Ear had that. Did they? They had, they had the more, more, more. I forgot about that pedal. That yeah. thing was cool. Where did it go? I don't know. I don't even know if it ever came out. I thought, like, I remember playing with it at a Summer Nam once. I saw it in Grant's house. That's the only, and that's why I completely forgot about it. I saw it yeah. one time. Oh, he should come out with that. Well, considering your your Typhon sold out pretty quick too, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, we did V one V two, and they both moved real fast. I don't remember a couple days, day or day and a half, something like that. And Before I got to it, people seem to like it. They don't pop up on reverb very much. Sometimes when I do these, I'm like, oh, man, we should have did more. I don't know. I don't know how to do this anymore. But I am working on something with Big Ear, speaking of that. That's, that's a tale for another time. Well, uh, we'll have to talk about that before our next week's sponsor spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. So speaking of dirty boosts, actually, uh, TC Electronic has released a their take on the Klon with the Zeus drive. The Zeus drive. It's got a fat Six. switch, which probably deals with your just base cut that is inherent in clons. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically a clon. Right. Which, you know, the clon is a fantastic circuit. I'm, it's, I mean, you know, that's my thing with clons. Whenever I see anybody make one, I'm like, if you did a halfway decent job on it, it's going to sound great because clons sound great. So I'm sure it's cool. And it's 60 bucks. Yeah, like 60 that. bucks. So, Finally, kind of coming in at some of that that more low price uh, that soul food soul place. food, yeah. Where mm-hmm. the soul food versus a clan is not a very like they're similar kind of vibes, but they're not the same. So yeah, I, I feel like the soul food is a, it's a little less, and this could just be perception, but it feels a little less refined. It feels a little rowdier in a in a good way than a traditional quote unquote clan. Oh yeah, um, but still does the thing for the most part it does the thing i I mean i wonder if this will i mean i skipped the whole (laughs) i've i've been on that 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 clon um train for a while now i mean i have i have ktr as my go-to now Mm -hmm. and i've had that for a few years and the how i got it was a journey (laughs) we've shared (laughs) on this show a few times um so yeah, coming in at sixty bucks. I mean, I think you're competing with Donner at that point. You're competing with 
the the Amazon pedals. At Are that the point. Donners? I thought they were like thirty bucks. I know, but like, like I'm just like you're you're more in that market now than you are actually like competing with like a J Rocket Archer or even like a full size yeah. Tumnus, for example. For sure, and I mean I think that's the way that TC. I, this is my viewpoint on TC. So they, for a long time, were an established kind of higher end audio brand when they first started mm -hmm. and then they kind of went down this arc of being known as a little bit of a cheaper brand a more budget brand and then around the pro guitar shop era they started kind of getting back into that higher end ballpark they had that nova series which i think was always kind of underrated um and started pushing the higher end of the spectrum a little bit and then after they were acquired by old uli um they they started going back down that budget path and there's nothing wrong with any of these approaches, but I think TC in general is a confusing company to pigeonhole and not in a good way. Like in a way it's like, are you a budget brand or are you a high end brand? What are you, what do you make? I, I think I, it's the same thing with like, from at least in my eyes, when you talk about like Roland boss trying to sell you like the 500 series pedals mm -hmm. and you're like, no, no, get out of here. That's, that's Strymon territory. You're not, you're not making the big supercomputer. Like I, I always kind of like write off boss that where I like boss in my head is analog or digitally single size pedals. Like that line is what their product is to me. And maybe I come from a weird time where TC electronic to me is the tone print series, mm -hmm. which was for, a, for a lot of people was a, a, a better option than boss. Right. More like, versatile anyway. Yeah, that that was kind of that. That's where they sat there, right? Like that was the, oh, well, we can get into the tone prints and we can do all this weird stuff with it or I can download my favorite artist tone print. Like all that stuff got really cool and it that's where they were, that's who they were competing against in mm -hmm. my mind. This is like grabbing the Behringer pedal line, putting them in a better box. And that that's kind of consistently what it's felt like. Yeah. Um. But you know, 60 bucks, your first, if you've been clon curious and you didn't, I don't know, you were trying to I, avoid the Chinese brands, which I mean, I mean, uh, you're not really cause not really those, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Cause uh, if those are Behringer, then they're probably made in music city, China, which is literally what it's called. Music city, yep. China. Um, yes. Behringer is so big. They own a city everyone uh i don't know if a lot of people know that but it's true and uh so yeah that is essentially a chinese brand but i will say i think based on what i've heard i think you'll have a better time dealing with tc electronic if something were to go wrong versus something like donner donner you're going to email their customer service and you're going to hear crickets at least you'll hear something from tc well what you're really so going to get is you're going to you're going to try to bank on your Amazon Prime. That's right. Offering you with Donner. <laughs> pretty, that's pretty much your only option yeah. with Donner. Or any of any of those brands. Not to just single out one, but any of the ones that look exactly the same, that you're going to run into that same problem. Definitely. With TC, you at least have something behind it. Yeah. There you yeah. go. In the last on the pedal market, uh, for at least this week, Strymon has come out with the Conduit, compact hub that makes your pedal board MIDI-capable. Blake, I, this has you written all over it, doesn't it? That's me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll be right on it. I can't wait to get on that. <laughs> can't wait. I'm so yeah. excited. So what this, initially you look at it and you go, wait, 
don't we already have like four of these on the market? It's a it's a midi to quarter inch midi adapter mm-hmm. for the right. most part. But where this gets a little more interesting is um, one, it adds USB to it, which okay. is it's for those who are setting up their pedal board. That is actually kind of a fun little. Oh, I can just dial thing. I can just send a, a PC or a CC command for my computer instead of dialing through menus on a, a MIDI controller or something like that. Okay, does okay. let you set up a lot faster, which could be pretty cool. Um, also, just the okay, I can dial into my Ableton set list, or I can do, I can I can do my switching and stuff like that through Ableton or whatever you're using um, the playback. If you're playing with tracks and stuff like that, it offers a, another functionality that gets there um and then the other really cool part about this one that i'm i'm interested in is so i come from the chase bliss midi world is where i started right and so that is quarter inch midi you're sending things out but it's a one-way communication you're only sending information to the pedal Mm -hmm. this is actually two-way street so this is using now that now that midi has been standardized for quarter inch you are seeing that send and receive over quarter inch now so this okay. opens up a pretty interesting world here of what what can be done. And at 150 bucks, it's actually quite accessible. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. That's got to I mean, be one of the most. That's got to be one of the most affordable Strymon products. Period. Right. Yeah, I, I think, think the only thing cheaper is their like single power supply. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and their cables. Um, so it's pretty cool, and I'm I'm curious because. Uh, a lot of the big the big boy Strymon stuff has full size MIDI on them, as well mm-hmm. as a lot of the expression ports can also function as MIDI now. So I'm this could be an indication that Strymon is going into the the quarter inch MIDI world for future releases. I know that for other products that I've been sort of like tangentially involved in. Mm-hmm. That quarter inch has always been the go-to because it's like why I can do, especially now, we can do everything we need to do with quarter inch for a guitar pedal. We don't need the full pin connection. It's just more expensive, more uh, slightly more difficult to put on, and hardly any guitar players use it. So let's just do quarter inch. And the cables That's, are harder yep. to deal with, especially exactly. on a pedal board. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is a very good thing. Uh I, I like eighth inch too, the way botch 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 the band they make pedals now, um, boss does it, but that does present a little bit of, you know, they're smaller cables, they're easier to break, not everyone's using it, uh, I I don't know, and I think quarter inch and eight inch eighth inch it's like well the communication protocol's the same I think. So it's the same pinout, yeah. Yeah, it's the same port, uh, or just different port size. So I think quarter inch is going to be the way most people end up going eventually. Just makes sense. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, let's talk about some guitars, too. We got some other fun ones. So Gretsch has added to its semi-hollow range with the new, of, new range of staple P90 fitted models. Uh, so you've got in the Streamliner... Uh, you've got the center block and actually they're all streamliner lines. So those are all super affordable too, ranging from about, about that $500 standpoint. So I, I, I never try to read Gretsch model numbers, but the 2622 (laughs) T 
is your bigger one and your 2655T is your smaller one. And all I can do is call them out by like the ES Gibson sizes that they <laughs> kind of wind up sound, being about the same sizes. Um, now, are you a staple P90 guy? Do you have any guitars with that? I don't have any guitars with it, but I've played a lot of them, mostly Les Pauls. Uh, and I think they're very cool. Just kind of a slightly unique take on the, I don't think they're, I don't think they're dramatically different than mm-hmm. a regular dog ear or something, but aesthetically I like them and you know, they kind of have a, they give it a little more of a vintage vibe overall, in my opinion. I think, I think they're cool. I, I love looking at them mostly. Honestly, <laughs> I, don't I mean, know that's, why. that's the thing. It's like, it just, yeah, I think they actually do look better. They do. It, in in that application specifically, I think they look better. Yeah. I wouldn't like it better in a junior, but I do like it better in that. Yeah, but that lets you tell it. That lets you go around and say, "Well, my junior is better than yours because I have staple P90s." I just say it anyway, just because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. Mine's better than yours. Yeah. So these come in both hardtail models and Bigsby models. The Bigsby adds another hundred bucks to the the equation, so you go from about five hundred bucks to six hundred bucks. Um, they're import Bigsby's B70, uh, style or the, what's the one on the, is it the 50 B50? Yeah. So that, mm-hmm. that tells you it's the import model, not the USA model, but it's the 2000 series streamliners. Like it's fine. It's what they It'll work. Yeah. So this will be great for, uh, all you guitar players out there that buy these and then replace the pickups in them and tell me they're just as good as the high end model. <laughs> I I really like I've always had a soft spot for the lower well all Gretches in general but uh, the Electromatics that I've played back in the day even with that I actually it's going to sound kind of weird but I got so used to playing the uh, Leon had a Electromatic with the import Bigsby and mm-hmm. I got so used to how the import Bigsby felt that an American one feels weird to me now feels too uh, soft right it no, it does it feels too soft i liked the the stiffness of the the import bigsby um i don't know why and also it honestly not in smoothness and not in function obviously but it feels closer to like how my mastery feels than a regular usa bigsby to me see i mean that's part of the reason i've always liked uh like a, a jazz master vibrato style is like it's really subtle so it's actually a vibrato Versus everyone, like, you know, you do a strat style tram, everyone's dipping at least a, you know, half step in and out. Right. Um, so it's a different thing. It is. Like, I it, can't really do like subtle vibrato even with a strat tram. I, you, you just got to be like just moving it in a hair. I don't want to talk about strats. <laughs> we'll lose all of your listeners if I start talking about strats. Well, let's 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 have you talk about something I know you want to talk about. Oh, what do I want to talk about? Gibson has unveiled a new range of exclusive finishes, including al- olive drab and ebony finish options. Yeah, this is super what I want to talk about. How did you know this is what I want I mean, to this talk is, about? This, these are Blake guitars. Let's be honest. I know they are. They're cool. They're cool. <laughs> but I don't know. Finish is a finish option worthy of a press release. That's my question. I mean, that's like half the show. 
<laughs> I'm just saying there's a finish option worthy of a press release. New I, guitar model, sure. New new something, sure. But like, hey, we painted it a different color and you can order it now. It's like, okay. I, I, I always love when they found do... that out when I went to go order one. I could have found it out then. That's fine. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things because I, I hate to say it, a lot of us color matters so much. Oh, color is important. I it's huge. I'm and, just saying I don't think that it's a I don't think it's newsworthy. I think that's that oh. is that's I mean it's like we chose to paint it a different color. It's like you could have chose that at literally any point ever. Yeah, yet you know, you have the John Mayer model suddenly comes up with a new color. Like one of the things I tossed out was uh John Mayer made an album announcement and he's sitting with a pink version of his Silver Sky. And everyone's like, does that mean a pink one's coming out? Does that mean like, and everyone's freaking out on, that's on, true. on all the forums right now. So that's true. That's true. That's fair. But that's not a press release. Not yet. <laughs> Wait till <laughs> okay. Friday and when fair, the actual announcement point. happens. Fair point. Um, and he'll still he'll unveil it. He'll sell 14 million of them on the same day and then they yep. won't have them again. Yeah, that's fair. I could be all wet on this. All right. I'm willing to admit that. Yeah. I mean, have I, have I mentioned were you there for my hot take that I actually think the Silver Sky is going to become the cheapest used uh, PRS in a few years? Because uh, they're no. selling so many of them right now that the market's going to flood gonna be here. A glut? I yeah. think there is. Having said that, hmm. it's a strat, and the market can't get enough strats, even still to this day, despite despite people like you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have to think about this. Let me think about this theory for a minute. I think you, you, there's some merit there. I think that depends on John Mayer. I think that depends on how he, how relevant he continues to be. And if, and if that dips into obscurity, which is yeah. not likely, but no, he's, he's like our generation's Dave Gilmore. Unfortunately, whether you like it or not, he's kind of the guitar <laughs> God of our era. You know, John. John's an interesting character because I think I would love hanging out with that guy. I yeah. think he would be really fun to hang out with. I don't. I don't. I don't care about his music that much. I forgive you. Is, is that a, is that a weird thing? Like, I feel like he would be the coolest guy to chill with, ever. And he's amazing at guitar. Oh yeah. I just don't care that much. If if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. I mean, our Patreon group is half. Us, me and jo me and John trying to convince people that like John Mayer and the rest of the Patreons just not. But <laughs> well, I mean, from, you know, you you know, you can get into Spotify and see who, what artists your listeners listen to. My number one is John Mayer, so I understand, which is <laughs> kind of weird considering like I I don't think I've ever like actively hated on John Mayer, but I don't think I've ever talked about him. And that's pretty much how I feel about him. I also, I also feel like if you ever have him on your show, it's going to be a three-hour episode. I feel like it would be the funnest episode ever, and I would probably like change my whole attitude on him just because I, I think, I think he seems like such a fun guy. I think we would hit it off. And I'm putting it out in the world right now, John. I'll start listening to all your records if you come on to my show. <laughs> yeah, you're you're listening to the Effects Loop podcast for sure. <laughs> Dude, you never know. That's He's, one thing that I've learned. I've I've found out 
some people that listen to mine sometimes i'm like wait you're doing you spend your time doing what <laughs> you know you have better you of all people have yeah. better things to do like uh so you never know you never know who's listening yeah so despite blake's hating on these uh you got you got a les paul special and a classic both no, i like all of drab I, don't don't mistake it i like it i, I like the olive I, drab a lot i think the olive drab is really the highlight of this because then you get the ebony standard les paul standard Mm-hmm. both in the 50s cool. and the 60s um they look good what's interesting is the knobs change between the two models um then you got a 335 an sg standard and a flying v all coming in in that ebony i really don't care like another black guitar is not a press release but i don't know olive drab seems to be one of those special colors that keeps getting more and more um sought after or at least featured in gibson now or because you had, uh, was it American Music Supply had had exclusive run of uh, Epiphones in this color? And they I sold really well. I think that's right. I'm trying to pull this up again because I I looked at them and then I lost it. Oh, uh, there we go. There it is. Yeah, I, I didn't notice the knobs, honestly. Yeah, the Olive Drap is the best one, but that 335 in black looks... Again, it's not a press release, but it sure does look nice. It oh yeah, does, by the way, the three thirty five is a P ninety. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is worth noting. I I think that thing looks stunning. I think but... it looks great as a P ninety guitar too. Mm. It's got a tuxedo look. I mean, like, like uh, you know, obviously a black ES. You immediately start thinking of um, Lucille, even though it's of not course. quite as this isn't as appointed, and it's you know. Someone will go. That's a that's an Epiphone. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I but I, I don't. I don't know. Flying V's don't do it for me. I like the V. I like the V pretty well, but it's not something. Flying V is something that I want, but it'll probably be one of the last guitars I ever get, because it's like, basically, it's a less comfortable Les Paul. Uh, so I, and I have a couple less Pauls, so I don't see myself ever actively pursuing a V unless something changes, but I, I do kind of like them. Yeah, I can't. I'm a metalhead. <laughs> it's just, it's in my body. It's, I can't help it. It's just there. <laughs> well, should we get into our topic, even though we've already had a topic? <laughs> <laughs> we have topics i thought we just shot from the hip like i do on my program we don't just shoot from the hip no i know you guys are more professional than that i mean you you're getting a bit of a formula now you've got your questions i have a, be- I have a beginning and i have an end and then, and then the middle is who knows what's gonna happen it could be <laughs> could be anything <laughs> so big news today uh we all kind of woke up to this is boutique amp distributors distributions la warehouse got hit by a massive fire Yes, big to time. To the level of all the photos I'm seeing, you see a few pieces of framing, and that's about it. Yes, yes. Um, as you can imagine, I, of course, was like, Brian, what's going on? Yeah, like, and he's probably <laughs> trying to figure out the same thing. He basically was trying to figure out the same thing, but in good news, doesn't sound like it's as bad as it looks. It sounds like that is a different building. That's not their versus- main building? It's not their main building. It's something that's adjacent to the main building. Oh. Um, so I think for the most part, that company's okay. Uh, but of course, when people saw that, like 
even like you know joe morgan i saw him post like ah it's on fire you know like he didn't know what was going on at the time clearly and we still don't fully know what's going on i'm sure i'll get the scoop later this week but in a nutshell it doesn't sound like it's quite as bad as it looks for i don't know what was in the building that is totally gutted but it doesn't sound like that's the entirety of boutique's operation so that's good that's actually really good to hear i mean even if it's but even if it's a warehouse that could disrupt the supply chain for a while it could i don't know that the responses i got weren't hyper worrisome so hopefully it seemed like it seemed like it was going to be okay but we'll find out i don't i'll know more later this week but i think we can at least breathe somewhat of a sigh of relief for the time being i think it's I don't think the whole thing is gone, which is what I initially thought was going on. Well, I was going to say, yeah, if, if if their whole operation was gone, that's a big portion of the industry all consolidated yeah. there. Oh, yeah. That yeah, that, that would hurt. Huge. That would hurt a lot of people. And I I mean, they would, you know, Avi, the guy who runs that is, that dude's resourceful. Like, it wouldn't be the end mm-hmm. by any means, uh, but it would definitely be a, a major hiccup for quite a long time to say the to say the least i mean oh, yeah. it's insured i'm sure and, and all that but like still time time's a factor you, you got to get all that stuff back plus supply chains are, are already disrupted yeah so, in, a, in a year where it's already hard to get your hands on a lot of things mm-hmm. so yeah fingers crossed thing. that it's not terrible 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 well I'm, I'm clearly there's something something really bad happened just hopefully there was nothing in there i don't know i don't know yeah, that was not so, what I expected to come get wake up to this morning. Do we all go speculatively build buy a bunch of Wampler pedals right now? To Brian's not going to care. Yeah, for the upcoming he, gear he would, crunch. He should say I should say yes because he's my friend and you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it sad that that's kind of how a lot of people think right now too? It's like oh, there's a fire. It's, you know, okay. Is, even before it, it, did anyone die? Is everyone okay? There's the Oh, what's this going to do to the gear market? How can I how can I get my hands on a Soldano? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What can I flip? Uh, can I flip some stuff now? What what can I buy? You know. Yeah, yeah. The it it's it just is the nature of things. Unfortunately, that's if it doesn't directly impact you, that is unfortunately a lot of people's first yeah. place they mentally go. They're like, oh, maybe I can get some money for this tumness now. Well, they're all mad that after all this time, they 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 finally realized they should have bought some AMC stock a while ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to get on it. Hoddle, baby, hoddle. Too late to get on it. But no, it's going to the moon. It's going to go higher. It's going to go higher. So, at the risk of insider trading, I sold my original position in AMC today. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's tripled from what I bought into. So I I bought I bought out a third of my holdings <laughs> so now i'm just playing with win- winnings it's like what i did with gamestop a few like a month or two, two ago. <laughs> and i'm just sitting there watching it and like no more sw- i'm not sweating when i'm watching a dip anymore because i'm like right i right. can't You're lose like, money this is not gone it's just how much do i win at this point and it's like right if, if you still think this thing's going to go nuts you just you're like oh i'm i'm more okay waiting now do you want to hear a dumb story that's sort of related to this sure so I did the ultimate finding money in the couch thing. So uh, a few years ago, I bought in not crazily heavy, but like I bought in moderately heavy on Litecoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was when the price was basically nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I had it in, in a wallet, in a digital wallet, and I like was like, cool, this is this I'm just gonna sit on this. Like I didn't I didn't even really check prices. I've just I'm not gonna not play that game. I'm just gonna buy this and hold this. And I had that smoke damage to my house a few years ago. If I don't know if the listeners of this show know that, but basically I had to get all the stuff out of my house mm-hmm. and a lot of it got thrown away. It was a big nightmare. Uh, in that mad dash, I lost my paper key for the wallet. Oh. And so for a long time, I've just pretended that that, that, that money didn't exist. <laughs> I just pretended I didn't ever do any of that. I'm like, it's just going to make me sad to do the math. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not even going to think about it at all. But I didn't realize that um, that I, I was good to me. I, past me was good to future me. And I actually f- forgot that I had made a backup paper key that I had kept out in the shred shed. And when I was doing a big cleanup session on it here um, a couple months ago or a month ago, I found it. And I was like, oh, it's the paper key. And I logged in to it and I was like, wow, I am way up. And I bounced out right as uh, the crypto market took a huge dip, like right before, like the right day before, before Elon went on Saturday Night Live. Exactly, I bounced <laughs> out, uh, and I was like, I was like, man, I have never ever came ahead on one of these trades. I'm really that's why I decided to not worry about it because mm-hmm. every time I've tried to do a little day trading or something, I'm terrible at it. I'm better to just buy stuff that I'm confident in and it, pretend it never happened, and then look at it in a few years. That's just better for me. And uh, this is the one time that like a quote unquote like day trade, even though it ended up being a couple of year trade, actually <laughs> worked out in my favor. So I was like, that's cool. That uh, all of a sudden made a few a few financial concerns that I had uh, not concerns anymore. And so, so like, cool. what guitar are you buying? I didn't buy a guitar. <laughs> I was a I was a responsible boy and got rid of some some bad bad stuff that i didn't need to have on my record anymore so uh it was a good feeling it was a good feeling to just all of a sudden be like oh well that that is no longer an issue poof like magic it's gone you might want to be a little more specific because you just saying you came into a lot of money and that got some bad stuff off your record makes you sound really sketch that's all anybody needs to know (laughs) that's all they need to know about me tone mob remember yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Well, Blake, thanks for joining us this week. You uh, you definitely brought some interesting perspectives, to some stuff. We had some, we had to get some, yeah, definitely, definitely. So where where can people find you if they want to hear you talk on the internet more? If they want to hear me talk on the internet, I am coming at you every week on the Tone Mob podcast where I talk to guitar people about whatever happens to come up. Sometimes it's gear, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's aliens. Uh, it could be anything. So that's a lot of fun. I'm also a co-host on the Chasing Tone podcast with Brian Wampler and uh, now a, I think a permanent fixture, uh, Richard Oliver, who's a Wampler employee. And uh, he's been injecting some really awesome spice into that show that we so dearly needed. So that was a lot of, that's a, been a lot of fun lately. Wait, you're so. saying when a show's not going well, you bring on guest hosts and then maybe make them a permanent fixture? <laughs> that's what I hear. Sword on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Blake, what are you up to next Tuesday? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. 
I well, you know, I just checked the calendar. It looks like I'm recording with the effects loop yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's ah, weird. Hmm, yeah. Hmm. That's no. just what people need is more of me talking on the internet. That's what everyone wants. Especially a guitar oriented weekly show. That's yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's what they want. The market's really they're they're demanding that the way they're de- demanding silver skies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. There was a real demand for a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the market got glutted and yeah. And it became the the thing that no one wanted. Well, thanks for joining us at the effects loop. (laughs) Bye. Uh, By the way, uh, you can also join our Facebook group, Instagram, YouTube. You can email us. You can join our Patreon. Actually, our Patreons get the episodes early. And they also get to chat with us and give us topics and things like that. Such as this week when I completely ignored all their topics. Uh, despite asking for them because Blake came in with his own and it worked. So uh, you can check us out at theeffectsloop.com. You'll find everything there. And then the last thing to mention again is Stringjoy. Check out Stringjoy. Play their play their strings. They'll change you. Trust me on this. They, I mean, <laughs> we we were like, eh, should we oh, what should we try? And then I tried one. I'm like, oh, okay, all my guitars. <laughs> <laughs> there I'm, we go. I'm done with the old guys. Done. <laughs> And I'd been I had been like ten years with that string company before I uh, just went overnight done. So go buy one set, just buy one if you haven't tried them. See if you like it. I think they'll. And be if different. you don't, if you don't like them, they'll give you your money back. So try that with another brand. Yeah, so. <laughs> especially something disposable. Like it's not like you can return the strings and they get reused. No, 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 no. It's just a that's the thing. Like because we know it's hard to switch over, and so. It's like, well, let's make this as easy as we... We can't give them away. We're too small for that. Uh, but this way we can make people a little more comfortable giving them a whirl. Maybe you should so. just give away high E strings. Just to, here, see that, what this one does for you. <laughs> You'll get a bunch of 13-year-olds with their first guitar that they're just breaking them constantly. I mean, it would be helpful for some situations. I That's why I went up a gauge a long time ago. <laughs> well, with that, thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. Shame alone
dictionary Why is negativity always drawn out? Picture every visualized love Energized lives together, together We undefeated, a planet made well There's no gloves needed when we weed into the mindset Of achieving and believing in a community That remains happy, then the after The world should be one, hate annihilated Every heart is one, love again So We need to be very specific with what order we go in today. Okay. What order are we going in today? <laughs> it's just you and me. I don't want you confused by who you're waiting for. I don't know who I'm waiting for. Who am I waiting for? <laughs> Diaz? Yeah. Where are you at? Yeah, we'll just wait for 20 minutes for Diaz to jump on the call again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it's only five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay. 